Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a, what is it, Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I told you on Friday I would do my best to try and do a show because there's been a couple times where I've struggled not getting a full weekend or struggled getting a full weekend of Logan Blackman Show stuff. And now we're back, starting a new week. We didn't do last Monday. I think the week before we didn't do a Friday or something like that. So now I'm going to try, and I can't promise anything because it can be pretty taxed. I'm not saying this is the most difficult thing to do in the world, but it can be pretty taxing at times because I'm. it's not really a lot to do with this. It's a lot to do with the fact of what I'm doing personally, not necessarily to the show itself. It's recording later than expecting, trying to watch a game, and that game ending or the player you're trying to watch end a little later than what you're expecting. And then once you do a show, you sometimes forget about things you wanted to talk about, but you don't want to go back and record because it's freaking midnight. You just want to go to bed, and then you got to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning to get ready for work. Oh, my God. So I've been struggling with that kind of stuff because we record, we've recorded a few really long shows. In the past couple times, not really long, but there was one, like, hour and 40 minute episode, and I haven't done something like that in forever. It just always circulates around the fact we're doing draft shows. And draft shows always go longer because I like to over-explain things, and I not necessarily like to do it. It just happens. I just happen to go, oh, here's this. Like what I'm doing right now, pretty much. Over-explaining why we've been inconsistent. It's been almost two minutes and we're already over-explaining something. Great, great stuff, Logan. But let's cut that there. Let's cut that there. So I just got done watching the San Francisco 49ers take on the Los Angeles Chargers. And there was a North Dakota State quarterback that looked pretty good. That looked pretty decent tonight. And it's not Trey Lance. It was the Easton Stick. <laughs> the other, the quarterback Trey Lance actually replaced at North Dakota State. He's fighting for the backup quarterback job with the Los Angeles Chargers with Chase Daniel. So in the first preseason game, I think Chase Daniel played the first half. Ethan Stick, Easton Stick played the second half. In this game, Easton Stick started the game, played the entire first half. Chase Daniel is currently in right now. I just stopped watching the game. I mean, it's 15-10. There's 4.20 left in the fourth quarter, LOL. And yeah, I watched the player I wanted to watch, which was not that North Dakota State quarterback in Easton Stick, who looked good. Who did look good? With, with comparing the situations that were going on, before the game started, there was a quote from Brandon Staley, the Chargers' new head coach, that said, along the lines of, I don't like playing starters in preseason, or I don't believe playing starters in preseason. If you have a spot locked down, like a Justin Herbert, like an Austin Eckler, like Keenan Allen, like Derwin James, Nick Joey Bosa, like those guys, you don't need to play them. They weren't even dressed. So... You've got that, and the off the lines, not starters. The receivers are not starters. The running back is not a starter. So Easton Stick in that first half was playing basically a just below starting 49ers defense. There were some starters on that 49ers defense, and he was running around for his life early stages in the game. There's a reason they just drafted <laughs> Rashawn Slater and revamped the off the line. And now that revamped offensive line that Justin Herbert had to work with last year is now the backup unit for Easton Stick or Chase Daniel, whoever ends up being the backup quarterback. But Stick looked good. He looked really good. He had a nice ball down the sideline at one portion of the game to Jalen Guyton for 39 yards. Jalen Guyton is one of those guys 
that will be competing for that third wide receiver spot right below Keenan Allen, obviously, and then Mike Williams, but he's really close to, I would probably say, or not not him necessarily, but there's few receivers that I would say are pretty close to passing Mike Williams in the receiving depth chart, I guess, because if you look at the Chargers' offensive depth chart, there's a lot of positions that are pretty much locked down, like Justin Herbert's not getting benched anytime soon. Eckler's not really at risk of losing his job. Keenan Allen's the best route runner in the NFL, so he ain't losing his job. The starting O-line is pretty much locked in. Pretty much. Unless Brian Balaga inevitably... Not unless. When Brian Balaga inevitably gets hurt, we're going to see someone like Trey Pickens or Storm Norton to go into the game, and you'll witness what we witnessed tonight. Trey Pickens getting beat off the line every single time. They played Trey Pickens... I believe at right tackle tonight and Storm Norton at left tackle when normally the roles are reversed. Pickens is the left tackle. Norton's the right tackle. But I think they trust Pickens more because he started more games last year. To That's just forward thinking by Brandon Staley, essentially. You know Balaga's going to get hurt. So let's play the guy that we trust more on the offensive line to back up the guy that's going to get hurt. Even though he is a left tackle, and has played most of his snaps in the NFL at left tackle, let's play him behind the guy that's going to get hurt. Now, God forbid Rashawn Slater gets hurt, then he'll go over there. I'm pretty confident that if one of them gets hurt, whichever one, Pickens will go in, because that seems to be a theme for the Chargers, at least over the last year or so. Pickens was drafted uh, two years ago, I believe, in the 2020 draft. That's right, right? Two years ago? Yeah. And he's pretty much rotated at both left. No, he got drafted the year before. Kyler Murray's draft, I think. Hold on. Let me click his name just to see. Yeah, 2019 draft. Third round 2019 draft. He's been the guy that has been that filler off to lineman. You have one of those. He's like those swing tackles. Like Ty Insecki for the Bills. I know a lot of you might not know who Ty Insecki is, but that's kind of the role I picture Trey Pickens having. Now, when Berlaga gets hurt, there could be a real chance that he takes over that right tackle spot. I'm not really counting on it, though. But the Chargers, back to the original point, have a lot of positions that we know are the starters, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Often we got less questions on the defensive side because the defense over, like, seems forever for the Chargers gets hurt. So we obviously have questions that, like, Derwin James, hopefully he doesn't get hurt because he is one of the best safeties in the NFL if he doesn't get hurt. But over the past two years, he's played, like, five games. He's an insane safety. But we don't, a lot of people, there are some people out there that still remember how great Derwin James is. But some people forget about it. How good he is. And hopefully for his sake, he stays healthy. They've got some questions around the cornerback position. They just got rid of Casey Hayward, who was at his peak with the Chargers, the best cornerback in the NFL. Now that was a very short peak, but there was a time where Casey Hayward was the best corner in the NFL. I've, you want to see Jalen Ramsey shut up for one second? There's a video of Casey Hayward yelling at Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey can't say anything back because he knows Casey Hayward's only spitting facts. But the Chargers as a whole, wide receivers, that's really the only question mark on offense. And I guess the backup to Austin Eckler, whether it's Josh Jackson or, or Josh Justin Jackson. Josh Jackson is the player at the used to play for the Suns, right? In the NBA from Duke, that's Josh Jackson, right? Who else is Josh Jackson? <laughs> or Joshua Kelly. Larry Roundtree's also been a guy that I've heard recently could win a starting job. But, yeah. To the guy we were going to watch, what the plan was tonight to watch was Trey Lance. 
quarterback, rookie quarterback from North Dakota State. He looked better as the game went on. Now, you could couple that down to two things. You could say, on one hand, that's positive because that means he was growing into the game. On the other hand, if you want to play devil's advocate or anything, you could go, well, it's because he was playing worse players. Chargers already weren't playing their starters. And then by the time he got in a rhythm, which was the third quarter, they weren't playing anybody. <laughs> they were playing all backups. To the backups, to the backups. Or sec late second, third quarter, they were playing all backups. But that's rookie debut. That's not rookie debuts. That's rookie quarterbacks for you. Especially project rookie quarterbacks like Trey Lance, who has all the talent in the world. If it's met, he will be the best quarterback in this draft class. If it's met. I talked about this either on Friday or Wednesday. I don't remember exactly. But ceiling does not mean he's the best right now. Because ceiling is very, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very subjective. Like Trey Lance and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, on paper, looks to be the best quarterback in this draft class, really. Right? He was number one overall pick. So everybody's expecting him to be the best overall. Trey Lance is a project. His ceiling is higher than Trevor Lawrence's, in my opinion. But there's a range that he could fall into that is a lot greater than Trevor Lawrence's. And when I mean greater than Trevor Lawrence's, there's a lot more room for air. There's a big gap between his ceiling and his floor. As opposed to Trevor Lawrence, whose ceiling and floor are not that far apart. If Trevor Lawrence does not work in the NFL, basically... Like this is for all rookie quarterbacks, really. You don't want to say any rookie quarterback is going to fail... That's the wrong thing to look at. That's what happened with Josh Allen, which is why people aren't bashing Trey Lance going into this. And the thing is, I saw this on Instagram. And it, overall in the game, just to recap the game for Trey Lance, I did the same thing I did with Mac Jones. Go through every single play he did, which was the second and third quarter, uh, uh, pretty much the entire third quarter. He, I think he, la he didn't play the last three or four minutes of the fourth, third quarter or something like that. Kyle Shanahan has a very talented QB on his hands. Trey Lance will not play that much, if at all, this year. He shouldn't. He doesn't look ready to play. <laughs> he needs time to adjust. And in this game alone, he looked all right. He looked fine. There were some throws that he had that were behind. And I hate the old adage of, and it's a very old adage, if your receivers touch it, they have to catch it. Because that's not always true. There could be a ball that they're extending for like freaking crazy and get a fingertip on it. Oh, you should have had that. That's some BS. There were some throws that Trey Lance had tonight that should have been caught, yes. But not every throw that hit the receiver's hands was catchable from Trey Lance. Now, the interception he threw, not on him. That bounced right off of Muhammad Sanu's chest, right into the defender's hands. Same thing for Jimmy Garoppolo, pretty much. He threw an interception in the game as well. Trey Lance had a couple really nice throws. He had a nice touch pass down the sideline in the third quarter, which was really nice. Set up the touchdown. Oh, no, that was right before halftime. Basically third quarter, right before halftime. He had a really nice touch pass down the sideline. Had a nice touchdown throw to Muhammad Sanu in the end zone. And then his second touchdown of the game came in the third quarter. And it was a nice, you could call it a crossing route. You could call it a slant, whatever it was. Travis Benjamin, longtime NFL vet, ran across the middle. Trey Lance zipped it in there. And there were a few throws Trey had that you could see the talent in there. There was just, he needs to figure out touch. And everything I'm saying right now is the exact same thing that I was saying and everybody was saying about Josh Allen when he got in the league. He's got all the talent in the world. He just needs to figure some things out. 
And compared to Josh Allen's rookie year to Trey Lance's, Trey has a lot more chance (laughs) to succeed than Josh Allen did. You compare the two rosters on Josh Allen's rookie year versus Trey Lance, and even coming into the NFL, Josh Allen was a better quote-unquote project than Trey Lance. Josh Allen, we've made fun of this a lot, he came into the NFL as the Idaho Potato Bowl MVP. That was his only thing. I think he was a third-team all-conference member, too. He wasn't on paper supposed to do anything. Trey Lance won a national championship. Trey Lance led the... He was the Walter Payton and Jerry Rice Award winner in the FCS. Which basically the the FCS Heisman, the FCS Freshman of the Year. He led North Dakota State in rushing. He didn't turn the ball over one time. As far as passing goes. He threw one interception in college. And that was in that one one one-off game against Central Arkansas. Which was just basically, hey, don't forget about me when the draft comes around. Because he's not going to be playing for a whole year. That's going to be such a nice... I mean, it wasn't really needed. He was going to get drafted fairly high anyways. The ceiling was so ridiculous, that game didn't really matter. But looking at the situations these two were in, and we've talked about this a ton on the show, Josh Allen's situation, compared to just the rookies in his class, Josh Allen's situation was sitting behind either Nathan Peterman or A.J. McCarron coming to the league. They just signed A.J. McCarron, and in hindsight, you could argue they should have kept Tyrod Taylor, but there was a contract thing that was going on with Tyrod Taylor. He signed a five-year contract that had like a one-year opt-out, and they opted out, and they traded him to Cleveland. They got something for him. Tyrod Taylor was not the future in Buffalo. He's not the future of any franchise. He's a good quarterback, and I have nothing but respect for Tyrod Taylor. That dude is a great person from all things I can tell. And is a very good quarter, not good, very adequate quarterback. He's not going to win you any games, but he sure as hell isn't going to lose you anything. And in hindsight, that would have probably worked out for Josh Allen, a quarterback like that. Because Alex Smith is the same type of quarterback as Tyrod Taylor, and looked how well Alex Smith worked for, Al- for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had the benefit of sitting out for an entire year. Trey Lance has the benefit of sitting out for an entire year and playing one game. Patrick Mahomes played one game as rookie year. It was the last game of the season against the Broncos. Trey Lance probably won't play a single game this year apart from either the last or second to last game of the year because there's now 17 games in the season. Josh Allen was thrust into action week one because Nathan Peterman posted a 0.0 quarterback rating against the Baltimore Ravens where they got absolutely destroyed. The Bills went into that season with people talking about how they were going to win two games. They were going to have the number one draft pick and everything like that. Now, most Bills fans knew they weren't going to be in that situation going into the season because they knew they had some sort of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Offense needed work, but the defense was talented. So you knew you weren't going to be that bad. You look at some of the recent number one overall picks. Jacksonville had a top two terrible defense last year. The Cardinals defense has sucked. The Bengals defense, up and they have a few good players now. But before they sucked, the Browns defense, they were they went 0-16 when they drafted Baker Mayfield. They were 1-15 the season before. Like the Bills, compared to another number one overall pick teams, had a defense that would keep them away from the number one overall pick. And I believe, wait, no, they drafted Josh Allen 7th, but the year after they had the ninth pick, they drafted it all over. But you looked at that roster, and I'll just do comparison, compare and contrast the situations. Brian Dable was a good college coach 
and had some success. Quarterbacks in the NFL respect Brian Dable. But he had never really done a lot with great success. Obviously with the Patriots and stuff like that. But this is his first real time, I think, I could be completely wrong about this, as an official NFL play caller. One of his chances. I think he, he was with the Jets. I don't know. Okay, I shouldn't be saying this because I don't, I don't know. But a defensive-minded head coach, basically that's the main port, par, portion of this, defensive-minded head coach, no real quarterback to learn from. Nathan Peterman played three games his rookie season, and the one his first start was the five-interception game against the Chargers. A.J. McCarron got traded before the season started to then-Oakland. Then as your wider receivers, you had Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, and Robert Foster, who Robert Foster wasn't even on the team to start the season. He was a, a practice squad dude who dropped balls like crazy in the preseason and then got a chance because they were like, wow, Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones kind of stink. And then we're not even going to get into the whole off-the-line debacle. I've talked about that enough on the show. Know that none of the players that started on that O-line start anywhere else and rare it's rare to see any of them on any roster, let alone start. Trey Lance is coming into a situation where you have Jimmy Garoppolo, who, though he's injury-prone, is a good quarterback. I, I, he's getting a lot of hate, and I don't really understand why. He is a good quarterback. He's not the greatest quarterback of all time, but he is a good quarterback. And he's going to sit behind him a whole year. He's got Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, if not the best offensive mind in the NFL. Obviously, you got like Sean McVay up there as well, but he's definitely up there. You've got great wide receivers to learn, great, what do you want to call it? Great versatile wide receivers to work with in San Francisco. You got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, you got Muhammad Sanu coming in. Like, you've got good receivers on this team. Raheem Mostert, a good running back core. Trey Sermon, he just drafted. And then George Kittle, one of the best, if not the best, tight end in the NFL. And Josh Allen had Charles Clay. And then you've got a good off to line. Trent Williams might be the best left tackle of his generation. The 2010s, Trent Williams might be the best left tackle we've ever seen in this generation. And you've got Mike McGlinchey, a good off to tackle on the other side. This team doesn't even compare to Josh Allen's rookie year. And I saw a post on Instagram literally like 10 seconds right before I started the show. It said, when you realize Trey Lance is closer to 2018 Josh Allen than 2020 Josh Allen. Oh, wow. Thanks, Sherlock. Rookie Trey Lance is not as good as MVP caliber Josh Allen? Whoa, I didn't think that. I, the, the post is stupid. Meme pages in regards to sports are stupid in general, really. I love memes. I'm a very, I, fo- I don't follow a lot of meme accounts, but I go on my Explore page on Instagram, swipe up to see all the new, new memes, and send them to my cousins and the different group chats I'm in on Instagram. But sports meme pages are not funny to me. Because it's basically the same recycled jokes all the time. Like Juju Smith, oh, he's a better TikToker than football player. Oh, Lamar Jackson's a running back. It's stupid stuff like that. And then we go, oh, wow, Trey Lance as a rookie who hasn't played football in a year, apart from one game, is not as good as MVP Josh Allen? Oh, no, I'm going to start stressing. Why? Because it was a picture of Kyle Shanahan looking stressed out on the... It had that text over it. Oh, man, my rookie's not as good as an NFL MVP candidate? 
The guy who just finished second in the MVP and is just going to be voted top 10 NFL player of last year? Like, come on. Why, why do we post that? And we still got people t- going on the train that Josh Allen stinks or Josh Allen's trash, which is ironic because the dude that started the whole Josh Allen's trash thing is rated below Josh Allen in the players' vote for 2020. Jalen Ramsey was rated outside the top 10 for tw- top 100 2020. Wait, top 100 players of 2020. Jalen Ramsey's not in the top 10. Yeah, Josh Allen is. So does that make... But what is that? By the transitive property? I don't know. Jalen Ramsey's now trash? Like, people are still going on that narrative. I haven't heard Jalen Ramsey talk about Josh Allen recently. All I remember is him swallowing his tongue when he got asked about Josh Allen after the Bills just rinsed the Jaguars in Buffalo. And Jalen Ramsey pointed to the Bills' sideline and said, you trash, you're trash, you're trash, as, the, as Josh Allen and the Bills just stiff-armed their team into a victory. Like, I don't get it. I don't really get it. We don't need... Trey Lance is not ready to play. That much is certain. He looked good as the game went on. His first few drives of the game were not great. He went like one for six in his first two drives or something like that. But he showed some great athleticism. Now, a couple of these plays got called back. Like, he scored a two-point conversion that got called back for a holding. He scrambled around, got a first down on one play, scrambled around, rolled out to the pocket, got a penalty, but threw it away. Should, uh, should have thrown it away. He tried to force a throw in there, really should have gotten picked off, but it didn't. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But, man... I'm excited to see what Trey Lance does, but don't judge him right now. Dude has not played recently, and we know he's not going to play. His ceiling is ridiculously high. That's not getting met right now. (laughs) We all know he's got a high ceiling, and you're disappointed that he's not meeting it right now. Oh, Trey Lance isn't the most amazing quarterback ever yet. I don't like him. He stinks. He's going to be a bust. I'm waiting for the the things that's keeping Trey Lance is going to be a bust talk out of the water is because of Josh Allen, who is a complete outlier to drafting quarterbacks, which is amazing to see. Trey Lance, similarly to Josh Allen, not just on the field stuff, didn't get a chance to really play at a a FBS school as a quarterback. Every single team that he tried to go to tried to convert him to a safety. He's from Minnesota, wanted to offer from Minnesota, they wanted to move him to safety. Josh Allen, Fresno State man, wanted to go to Fresno State. They didn't want him. It's a very similar storyline to these two. They went to smaller schools. Like, North Dakota State ain't, ain't a big school. Obviously, Wyoming's not. Different levels of success at college, but two top ten picks. And there's every chance in the world. Like, Trey Lance does not work out. I think there's a very small possibility that happens because there's a very good support group around him. He's got a very good quarterback that has been there, done that with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm excited for Trey Lance, but let's not go off of, oh man, this dude's not as good as an MVP candidate now. Right now, he's not. Okay. (laughs) Easton Stick did look better than Trey Lance. Easton Stick also has been in the NFL for the past two years. Easton Stick has played more football recently than Trey Lance, which is not saying a lot. He's not trying to learn a full new... He's not trying to be a starter. 
Easton Stick is going to the back of the Chargers because he looked better tonight than Chase Daniel did. Easton Stick should probably be the Chargers' backup. They trust him. He's been around the team long enough. They like him. He should be the backup based off, I mean, just tonight, obviously. (laughs) But over the years as well. But yeah, I'm not going to judge Trey Lance too harshly. Even He went 8 for 14 with 102 yards and two touchdowns. And the pick wasn't even really his fault. So I'm not going to sit here and destroy <laughs> Trey Lance after two preseason games where I'm pretty confident he's leading rookies in passing yards so far. And he's the only one that has well hasn't played that much comparatively. Mac Jones is the only one that's played, I think, around what he's played, and he's played more than Trey. I don't have the exact numbers for that, so don't, don't, don't quote me on that. Oh, man. But yeah, other rookie quarterbacks, Zach Wilson looked really good against the Packers. Trevor Lawrence plays Monday night, so we'll get to watch him against the Saints. Other rookie, Justin Fields got absolutely destroyed against the Bills, and that game was awesome. Mitch Trubisky revenge game on his birthday in Chicago. And I saw this on Twitter. It was Tart Cohen. I, I might have brought this up on Friday. Saying that, don't boo Tr- Mitch Trubisky. And there were some stupid fans like, oh yeah, we're going we're gonna to applaud him for being a bad quarterback. I was like, dude didn't decide to get drafted by the Bears. Are you going to be mad at Trubisky? How is that his fault? Yeah, he's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. Great, great insight there. But because he was drafted before him, we're going to be mad at Mitch, not the two dickheads that are running the team and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Mitch Trubisky looked like a starting quarterback in Buffalo. In this game, he threw two passes against the Lions. And in this game, he had his way with the Bears pretty much. 20 of 28, 221 yards and a touchdown. And the Bills were dominant. Dominant. They killed him. They scored 34 points in the first half. And Justin Fields, who I hope has a great career because I really like Justin Fields, don't come out with the, it was slow to me, quote again. That quote might be the worst quote in NFL history. Not necessarily from Justin Fields saying it. From everybody that's ever said that. When has that quote, oh, it was slow to me, ever worked out for somebody ever. <laughs> that has never worked out. Tua, most notably, said it last year. And then he kept getting benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, that, <laughs> this, you can't keep going with the, I thought it would be slower. Oh, it was slow. I thought it would be much harder. I thought it was pretty slow to me. This is preseason football, and you're the second string. You know what that means? That means you're pretty much playing against backups. So it's not that slow for you. The Bears do not have a ridiculously easy schedule this year. You play a lot of really good defenses. You think you're going to look slow. Now, he's not going to play this game, but you're not going to look slow against... It's not going to look slow against the Rams. It's not going to look slow against the Browns or the Bucks or the 49ers or the Steelers or the Ravens or your two games against the Packers, the Giants, the Seahawks. They're not going to look easy to those teams. So you can't drop that quote in preseason and then get lit up against the Bills. And when I say lit up, Justin Fields' helmet freaking flew off. He got hit so hard, his headband flew off. 
Man. Man, don't come out with the it's slow thing. But there, I saw a tweet on Saturday during the game. I don't remember who exactly it was from. I think I took a screenshot of it. It was from Warren Sharp. Preseason aside, what you're watching is Mitch Trubisky with a real play caller. Dable runs circles around Matt Nagy. Yes. Dable is a thousand times the play caller Matt Nagy is. And Trubisky is a lot less talented than Josh Allen. So Trubisky was not the issue in Chicago as much as we like to say the player was the issue. Matt Nagy is a bad play caller. He was in Kansas City, and he is in Chicago. The, only, the two worst first-half offensive performances in NFL history were overseen by Matt Nagy while he was with the Chiefs and when he was with the Bears. Both of them. Two worst offensive performances in first half in NFL history were with Matt Nagy. And <laughs> Trubisky is not a bad quarterback. That's something that has needed to be said for a while. And I've talked about this a lot on the show. That he is not a bad quarterback. Mitch Trubisky right now, and I'm going to go through each team and try to figure out who their backup quarterback is. And I'm just going to try and remember who it is. So we got Jacoby Brissett in Miami. And this discounting rookies and everything. So Mac Jones technically the backup in New England. Morgan from FIU. I can't remember his name exactly. I think it's the backup with the Jets. Fourth round draft pick, 2019 or 2020. I can't remember which 2020. Ravens. I'm pretty sure it's the dude from Utah. Or Trace McSwirly. I can't remember exactly. Cincinnati's Brandon Allen. Case Keenum in Cleveland. Dwayne Haskins slash Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh. I guess, I don't know who the starter is in Houston, because it could be either Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills as the backup in Houston. Indianapolis, it's Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger. Jacksonville, it's Gardner Minshew. Tennessee, I think it's Matt Barkley, I think. Logan Woodside. Logan Woodside is the backup in Tennessee. I couldn't remember. I didn't know who was in front of who in that, that room. Denver's either Drew Locke or Teddy. Kansas City's Chad Henney. Vegas is Mariota. The Chargers have Easton Sticker, Chase Daniel. Seattle has Geno Smith. San Fran has Trey Lance. LA, the Rams, have John Wolford or Bryce Perkins from Virginia. Then you've got the Cardinals with that dude from the CFL. What's his name? Oh, Chris Strievler, but Colt McCoy's there as well. Forgot about that. Then you've got... Tampa Bay with Blaine Gabbert. New Orleans with either Jameis or T- Taysom Hill. Carolina with P.J. Walker from the CFL. Or C- not CFL. XFL. Or is it the A? No, it was XFL. Atlanta's A.J. McCarron, but he just got hurt. Minnesota, you've got... Is it still Sean Mannion? Kellen Mond. Okay, yeah. Kellen Mond, Jake Browning, they're all there. Nate Stanley, the legendary Nate Stanley's there as well. And my thing went too far back. Hold on. Then we got in Green Bay, Jordan Love. Detroit is... Who's Detroit's backup? I don't even know that one. Tim Boyle. Forgot the legendary Packers backup. Tim Boyle <laughs> is the backup of Detroit. Then we got Chicago, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, or Nick Foles. Then we got Washington, Taylor Heineke, or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Philadelphia's got Joe Flacco or Jalen Hurts. New York's got Mike Glennon. And the Cowboys, who is their backup? Garrett Gilbert. If we're being honest here, I know there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with this because there's a lot of people that just like the meme about it because they got told to dislike him. Trubisky, apart from who, is the best backup in the NFL. 
There's not a single quarterback on this list that I can think of. Now, I could be completely wrong in saying this. What other quarterback on these backup lists has led their team to two playoff appearances in four years? Has any of them? Chase Daniels been a career backup. Case Keenum went to the playoffs with the Vikings and then went to Denver and washed out. Who else? We're scrolling. I'm scrolling through the list. I'm trying to think of who else it could be. There's no one on here that's done that. Unless I'm just completely blanking. Nick Foles is a third string, so we're not even really counting him. I guess Andy Dalton. Would you argue Andy Dalton is better than Mitch Trubisky at this point? I don't know. Apart from maybe Andy Dalton, but he's currently the starter. He will be the backup eventually, because we all know Justin Fields is going to start because Matt Nagy is going to get progressively hotter as the season goes along, and somehow he'll make it through another season as a head coach. Probably the same thing with Cliff Kingsbury. Don't know how the hell he's going to make it through another season as a head coach, especially when you're in the hardest division in football. How that dude's even a head coach, I don't know. Kyler Murray is keeping that dude in a job. But if you're being 100% honest here, discounting rookies, because you you don't really know what these rookies are going to turn out to be. We all would love them to see them succeed, but in reality, we know that's not going to happen. There's a very low probability that all five rookies that were drafted in the first round succeed in the NFL. There's a low probability. Now, it could happen. Like, just go back to 2018. The two best quarterbacks, according to everybody in the draft, are the only two that aren't on the team that drafted them. And Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. So discount the rookies. Trubisky is the best backup in the NFL. Ignore what the people out there told you. He is not a bad quarterback. He is not. He is better than Blake Bortles, who is who he's going to get compared to a lot, and who he does get compared to a lot. He is better than Blake Bortles. And we talked about this, I think, during... When was the MVP thing? That was the playoffs when they played the Saints. He won the MVP. We talked about, does he know he's a meme? And I think he does. He posed with a picture with part of my take with the MVP trophy. The Nickelodeon Valuable Player, for those of you who aren't aware. He's not a bad quarterback. There were a lot of other things that went wrong in Chicago that are outside of his control that why the Bears were not as good. And it's not really fair to judge him to Patrick Mahomes. Even though they were in the same draft class, they are not. They didn't have the same skill set. They were drafted in two completely different realms there. Now, obviously, most times talent oversees all. In hindsight, it's 2020. But there were a lot of people back then that said Trubisky was the number one quarterback in that draft class even though he was coming off one year. And they knew he was not ready because he only came. He only had one year of success. I think he was the earliest quarterback drafted that had, what, four, I think he had 14 starts to his name or 15 starts to his name in North Carolina. He had a great season. But, man, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, I don't know how the hell they're still in the job. If they, part of me was kind of hoping, because I, I like Mac Jones a lot, but I was ready for Chicago to like explode with them drafting Mac Jones. That's what I really wanted. I think Mac Jones will be awesome in the NFL. I think he's in a situation that will work out beautifully for him. He's in a situation that has had a quarterback just like him for the better part of 20 years. 
So I think Mac Jones will be fine. Sorry, I'm trying to kill a, a fly. So if I sound like I'm jolting all over the place because I'm trying to kill something. I'm trying to assert my dominance as the dom the bigger being. Like remember when I killed the spider on Friday? <sighs> but Trubisky looked good. And that did not help Matt Nagy's case at all. And it doesn't also help that fans are already booing for cheering, I guess, for Justin Fields while booing Andy Dalton. Which, that's not going to solve anything. You're going to rush Justin Fields into a situation and make it just worse. I don't understand booing your own players. Booing a team you support. I've never understood that. You can dislike players, but... Or not dislike. You can think they should be benched. Or think there's someone out there better. But don't boo them. That's not solving anything. And Justin Fields had a very nice quote about it. It's like, this isn't really solving anything here. Booing Andy. In a freaking preseason game. When the interception that he threw, not his fault either. Receiver fell down on the route. Now you can make the argument you don't know what he's looking at. Which, fair. But once the receiver falls over... He's already at the top of his drop releasing the ball. That's The play is dead at that point. That's null and void. You can't blame Andy Dalton for that. I know it's easy to because he's the quarterback. We can't blame Andy Dalton for that. Come on now. We're better this, than this as a society. We're better than this as a society. Ugh, man. Watching Trey Lance, watching Justin Fields, watching Mac Jones on Thursday, this is got this idea into me. I'm going to give you, we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about like when these rookie quarterbacks could start, when I think they're going to start. Their probabilities for starting week one vary. Now I think like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, hundred percent starting. And I will say like 99%. Zach Wilson's a hundred percent. Trevor Lawrence is probably 99. Cause Gardner Minshew is better than every quarterback the Jets have underneath Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson has looked really good. He has looked the best out of the rookie quarterbacks in preseason. Looked great against the Packers. And if I'm a Jets fan, I know this is another fun thing to do, hate on Zach Wilson for random things that he has really no control over. I'd be excited. Zach Wilson looks good. You just had to watch him at BYU to know he's a good quarterback. And he gets overhated as well. Just because he got drafted over Justin Fields. And if you want to use preseason as a barometer like we're using for Trey Lance, then Zach Wilson is better than Justin Fields. But I'm, we're not doing that. That's what, like, meme pages. We're in a meme that Trey Lance isn't as good as MVP Josh Allen. Why don't we mean the fact that people were saying Justin Fields is better when Zach Wilson's clearly had the better preseason? Hmm? I don't know. He's also had the better preseason than Trevor Lawrence. He's had the best preseason out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Goodness gracious. Man, preseason football is so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> like, the next week, the Bills play, I think, the Packers. There's a 0% chance that I, th I think there's like a 1% chance Mitch Trubisky even plays. He's got that backup spot on lock. He had the backup spot on lock before Saturday when they killed the Bears. He has even more luck now. They're just going to play Davis Webb and Jake Fromm to see who the third-string quarterback is and which one's either on the practice squad or just getting cut in general. That's what that job's going to be for on Saturday. But there's not going to be a lot of starters play this weekend. Very, very few amount of starters will play. Like we talked about, the Bills and Chargers don't haven't played their starters. The Bills played some of their starters against the Bears. Like Devin Singletary played... 
Deion Dawkins played, Isaiah McKenzie played, but you don't see a lot of this Bill starters playing. Brandon Staley literally said tonight he doesn't believe in starting starters in preseason. And just Trevor, jeez, Justin, jeez, I'm just combining a bunch of names. Justin Herbert, his flow is coming back and looks immaculate yet again. And I'm excited to see what these second-year quarterbacks do. Like, Joe Burrow is coming off a season where he just tore up his knee. Destroyed his knee, to phrase it properly. And I heard this on the NFL Network, when was this? Last week? Early last week? Or right, right before the Bengals preseason game, I think they played Washington. So I think, was that on Thursday? I think that was Thursday. And they're basically like, Joe Burrow's not 100% confident in his knee. That's a natural thing to do. And we've talked about this before. About Trevor, jeez, I keep reminding everybody's names. Joe Burrow will not be himself or be as confident until probably week five or six. There'll be some rust there. He sat out and has been recovering a lot this offseason. The Bengals, realistically, if you're just going off paper, like you go, oh, Joe Burrow's back. He's a way better quarterback than both Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen. They should be better than what they were last year, which was 4-11 and and 1 because they tied the Eagles. But it's going to take some time to get Joe Burrow back fully swinging again. Because before he got hurt, this might have been the closest rookie of the year voting ever between him and Justin Herbert. And I know the Justin Jefferson fans out there and all the Vikings fans out there would like to argue Justin Jefferson should have won rookie of the year, which he shouldn't have. You mean... Justin Herbert broke every single rookie passing record apart from interceptions. What are we... <laughs> what, why is... There's no competition here. I get he broke the rookie receiving record. Good good on you. But if a quarterback has a year like that, arguably the greatest rookie season in NFL history, you're, <laughs> with the worst off the line in the league, you're going to have... He's going to have to get hurt <laughs> to lose that rookie of the year voting. But if Herbert, Burrow, like we talked about, getting hurt, lost him the Rookie of the Year voting because he was playing very, very good up until his injury against Washington, who hopefully is that I don't know exactly, so we're looking it up now. Thankfully, they don't play him this year. Because Washington, as most people would pretty much say, has one of the, if not the best defensive line in the NFL. And the Bengals have off the line, which is much improved because they don't have Bobby Hart. So just excluding Bobby Hart, <laughs> you could have played with four off the line, which I know they were pretty much playing with four off the line last year. And now he's on the Bills. Don't know how it happened that he is. How did I miss it? I thought I, I thought I killed the fly. Whatever. Bobby Hart was the, the guy that got Joe Burrow hurt. He's the one that gave, basically gave the lookout block for Joe Burrow when he snapped his knee. Pretty, pretty much. But looking at the Bengals, like, 4-11-1 last year, Joe Burrow's back, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, great wide receiver in core, C.J. Ozuma, Jonah Williams, Riley Reef coming in, who's coming off a career year with the Vikings. Panay Sewell has not looked great with the Detroit Lions yet, but that's also going to be a case, like with Trey Lance, with all these rookies that are coming in not playing a season last year. Jamar Chase looked off against Washington. Trey Lance has looked off at times with San Fran. Pene Sewell has not looked great with Detroit. And he's playing right tackle. So maybe that's a little bit of adjustment for him. So these rookies that haven't played a year 
it's going to be a little bit of time before we see them actually perform. But with Riley Reeve coming in, that's a big get for them. Their, their off the line is better than what it was last year. Penny Sewell, yeah, would have been great. But if Jonah Williams is as good as what he, we thought he was when he was a rookie, before he got hurt and then had an up and down year recently, they'll be fine. This isn't like murderer's row off the line here. Like everybody was making it out to be by the time the draft is going on. This isn't a horrific off the line. The Chargers off the line last year was horrific. The, Char- the Bills off the line in 2018 was horrific. Joe Burrow's coming off an injury, so that only heightened the fact, oh, we need to draft off to linemen. When you got good off to linemen coming in, get a guy he's familiar with. And Jamar Chase. Well, you can. It doesn't matter who's receivers if you can't stand up. This is a good off. To- it's not a terrible off to line. Let's just get that straight. I almost said it's a really good off to line. It's not. It's not terrible, though. It's not the worst O-line in the league. Like, T. Higgins, T- Jamar Chase on the outside, Tyler Boyd in the slot. That will be fun to watch. Joe Mixon at running back. So if Joe Burrow is off, hand the ball off to Joe Mixon, who is very good at handling a shitload of carries. That's what he does. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns in fantasy, so don't draft him in fantasy unless he goes off this year, then forget I said that. But he just gets a lot of carries and gets a lot of yards, but he'll score like three touchdowns or something like that. He's not a great fantasy back. He is a really good running back in the NFL, though. And their defense is improving as well. You got one of the best safeties in the NFL in Jesse Bates on an all-right defense. Now, you got some players in secondary, like you got Shadobia Wuze, you got Trey Waynes, you got Eli Apple. So it's a very suspect secondary as far as quarterbacks go. But your edges are pretty nice. Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson's coming off a career year, so hopefully for their sake, he's not just a one-hit wonder. And they got Joseph Asai from Texas this year, so we'll see how he does this year as well. Justin Herbert, we already know pretty much what he's going to be. I mean, it's just one rookie of the year and set a bunch of records with a horrific off the line. You drafted Rashawn Slayer 13. You brought in the best center, arguably, in the NFL. Like <laughs> You brought in Corey Lindsley for a big contract, but worth it when you're looking at market value. I don't know which other centers there'd be up there. Maybe Ryan Kelly in Indianapolis. Maybe J.C. Treader in Cleveland. What are centers out there? Try to think of some other centers that are out there. But then you brought in Matt Filer from Pittsburgh. Your left side on paper is locked down. And you've got a pass catching back. You brought in Jared Cook as tight end. Still got Keenan Allen there. Defense just needs to stay healthy. Justin Herbert will be awesome this year, as expected. Chase Young will be awesome this year because he was last year. And everybody expected Chase Young to be good going into last year. But the one rookie, because we already know Jordan Love's probably not going to play. Barring an Aaron Rodgers injury, Jordan Love's not going to play. But Tua, we haven't talked about this a lot on this show. Tua is going into a season where there's a lot of eyes on him. And there's a lot of comparing and contrasting here between the two other quarterbacks I just mentioned, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Talk about Justin Herbert's rookie season. We talked about Joe Burrow having an amazing year before he got hurt. Tua was having a great year until he dropped the, I thought this would be harder quote. And the decision to start him, this got thrown a lot on Brian Flores. I think this had a lot to do with Chris Greer and the upper management and the owner basically saying, we want Tua to play. Play Tua. 
And then Brian Flores would go, okay, I'll start him. I can't promise he'll finish the game. Because Brian Flores is a Bill Belichick dude. He just wants to win the game. Any means necessary. Doesn't care who's at quarterback. He's not going to do it pretty. He just wants to win the game. If Tua's not doing the job, Ryan Fitzpatrick will do it. And Ryan Fitzpatrick did good in that closing role, and we'll see how he does in Washington. Him and Taylor Heineke are battling it out for the starting job right now, which is an insane quarterback battle to even think about. <laughs> it's just regardless of that, there's a lot of expectations on Tua. Their off to line is improved. You brought in Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame. You're playing him at left guard, according to ESPN. You just traded for Greg Little from Carolina. Robert Hunt, who was playing at right tackle last year, moved into right guard. So this team, and you brought in Jalen Wiley, you brought in Will Fuller, you got Devontae Parker still there. Mike Gusecki is a really underrated tight end in the NFL. Like, this year for Tua is big. The problem is, though, this could really hurt, is that um, the Patriots and Jets will be better this year. Patriots had a shit ton of opt-outs and just a lot of weird stuff going around the organization last year. The hangover year from post-Tom Brady is going to be big. The greatest quarterback in NFL history, him leaving with no real succession plan in place, it's going to be messy, which it was last year. And they looked good at the start of the year. But the Patriots spent money as well to go along with the players coming back. Buffalo is coming off a season where he just went to the AFC Championship game, and ever since Josh Allen hasn't been in the league, the Bills have owned the Dolphins. Josh Allen's best games have been against the Miami Dolphins. Every His best games, every time. I mean, there's some really, really good games last year. Like The game against Seattle was awesome to watch, but he does very good against Miami. So going into this, and it, last year, you played Vegas, and Fitz had that amazing, like, helmet ripped off play where he threw the ball down the sideline you don't have fits you have Jacoby Brissett who I like Jacoby Brissett but does he have the same magic as Fitz no not really that's where you come in with Reed Sinnott <laughs> but this is going to be a tougher year for Tua than last year when you're just looking at the landscape of the AFC East in general the teams you play eight times or six times because the Dolphins they don't play themselves <laughs> You got the Patriots, who are figuring out stuff with J with Stephon Gilmore. J.C. Jackson's coming off a year where he had nine interceptions. You have a lot of good players coming back on defense along with those guys. You've got dude like De Dante Hightower coming back into the fold. He opted out last year. Kyle Van Noy is back in the team. You got Matthew freaking Judon from Baltimore. They're gonna be good this year. Then offense. They're going to have their running back thing again. Brian Nelson Aguilar, you brought in Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, off the lines back. You brought Trent Brown back from Oakland or Las Vegas. They'll be good. Then you got the Jets. Well, I'm not saying the Jets are going to be a bunch of world beaters this year, but they'll be better than what they were last year. They had a few opt-outs and injuries as well. C.J. Mosley being back is huge for them. Yes, yes. They lost Carl Lawson, which is a big loss. But this team, Marcus May, underrated safety as well. And you've got a defensive-minded head coach in Robert Sala who has been the D coordinator for one of the better defenses in the NFL. Quinnen Williams looks good. 
he looks like an actual top 10 player in the draft. <laughs> he didn't look like that his rookie year. Offensively, we've already talked about the improvements they made on offense. Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. They brought in Tyler Croft, Elijah Vera Tucker. This team is going to be better. The Bills brought everybody back apart from John Brown. The Bills will be up there again. Tua is going to have a harder season than last year. But hopefully, for his sake, he has developed that offseason, this offseason, and is the quarterback that got drafted fifth overall. Because compared to the other two quarterbacks in his draft class, which is what we do, rightly or wrongly, it's just what people do. Like we talked about with Trubisky. Comparing him to Patrick Mahomes might not be fair to Trubisky. But that's just what people are going to do. And that's the same thing here. you got Justin Herbert, who realistically has a shot to win MVP this two, three, Two of the last three MVPs have been second-year quarterbacks. Herbert has a real chance to do that this year. They are going to throw the ball like freaking crazy this year. And the Chargers will be a good team. Unless injuries happen. Like they inevitably do for the Chargers. Because that just seems what always is happening. But I hope for Tua's sake. He does well. He doesn't have a closer. Because a lot of wins they had last year were thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick. They don't have that this year. So how good will Tua be? Expectations are varying from a lot of different people out there. Now, they don't have, like, the most insane schedule out there. Like, you're playing fairly... Start of the season, it's tougher. Like, the Patriots, the Bills, Colts, Buccaneers. But they got the Jaguars, the Falcons, the Texans. you got some teams you can beat in there. There's a lot of teams you can beat. you got weapons out there. But this division's better. You're starting off the season a little tougher. I think the only team we can guarantee a win in those first 10 weeks. Because you look at the first 10 weeks. At New England, Buffalo, at Vegas, Indianapolis, at Tampa, Jacksonville, Atlanta, at Buffalo, versus Houston, and versus Baltimore, who has had field days with Miami recently. That's tough. That's very tough. Playing some good defenses in there. Buffalo, New England, Indy, Tampa. Baltimore. You play Buffalo twice in those 10 games. Now, obviously, you'll have Houston, you'll have Atlanta, you'll have Jacksonville, but in Vegas, they're not a great defense either. (laughs) Oh, man. This year's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. We're getting closer to football season starting, both in college and the NFL level. (sighs) I just hope everybody has fun. That's the main goal here. I just hope everybody has a fun time. I hope everybody has a very, very fun time this upcoming football season. We'll have the NFL season preview coming up for you very shortly. Like I've said before, I have finished my predictions. I got all of it written down. I just need to actually record the video. And I didn't bring this up on Friday, mostly because I forgot to. I I said I was going to do a U.S. U.S. Men's National Team video for the 2022 World Cup squad thing. The problem is... I want to see the World Cup qualifiers first. There's a set of qualifiers in September. I would like to do it after that. I had the video recorded, 
I just watched it back, and I was like, oh, we should probably wait a little bit because there will be some players that we want to talk about later. Now, and we could also do two separate videos, one pre and one post qualifier, see if anything's really changed. But I just would like to do one. One, because editing's hard, and it takes a lot of time, which is not something I have a ton of or a real, like, burning desire to. Now, if I want to, if I have a desire to, like, when I made the Gold Cup videos, I'll do it and be like, I'll get it crapped out in a day and be fine, or a couple hours. But if it's a video that I don't have a real timetable for, or a video that I was even questioning making in the first place, it'll be a little harder for me to go, oh, let's get this thing done now. So yeah, we'll get one done for you eventually. We'll get the NFL preview video out too. Kind of trying to keep that one shorter because the past few ones have been freaking ridiculous in regards to length. So we're going to try and keep those a little wee bit shorter. So yeah, that's all I've got for you today. I'm trying to keep this show shorter, speaking of things I wanted to keep shorter. So we're under an hour, which is positive. Very positive stuff here on the Logan Blackman Show. So hope you have a great day. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you didn't, I apologize. Go follow me on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you haven't already. And I will see you all later. Peace.